Hello, welcome to Grass in the Sky. It isn't your average podcast. For a start, nobody has anything to plug. Secondly, none of the people are what you might call famous. And thirdly, they have the most remarkable stories to tell. I'll be asking them about books, music, sport, art, films, food, etc. All those wonderful things that inspire us, unite us, move us, and for one reason or another, leave an everlasting mark. For this episode, I'll be talking to Charlotte Throssell, who runs a charity in Nottingham called Disability Support. Charlotte and her team provide essential and much-needed help and advice to disabled people, many of whom may not be aware of their rights, what help is available to them and how they can access support. Charlotte speaks about her own experiences as a disabled person, her extraordinary childhood, being a teenager, her exceptional mother and becoming a wife and mother herself. Please enjoy listening to this humble but powerhouse of a woman. Thank you for speaking to me. Um, we're sitting in your place of work in Old Baseford yeah. in Nottingham, yeah. in the community centre. Uh-huh. Um, I've deliberately really not found anything out about you, Charlotte, other than your name. I've just asked you your surname yeah. um, and how you spell it and everything. Um, so firstly, what, what do you do here at the Old Baseford Community Centre? So this is my organisation, which is called Disability Support. Disability Support. Yeah, and that's for disabled people, older people and carers um, that are across Nottingham or Nottinghamshire. Okay, and how long have you worked here? How long have you had this organisation? On paper since 2014. Right. But in reality, we opened up services 2018. Okay. Right, and what did you do before that? Uh, I worked for a very similar charity that's based in Derby. Oh, did, oh based in Derby? Yeah, they had a satellite office out here. Okay. And we were made redundant and had a choice, really. Right, okay. You know, go and get a job or keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. So I kept doing what I'm doing. But you decided to do it yourself. Yeah. 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 It's pretty impressive, that, I tell you, Charlotte. It was very scary. Yeah. What, it remind me of the name of the name disability support support yeah brilliant and that's here in Nottingham. Are you from Nottingham originally? No. Okay, whereabouts are you from? <laughs> I was born in Ashford in Kent. Were you? Yeah. Southerner. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my mum adopted me when I was ten months old, <gasps> and she was born and bred in Nottingham. She was from Seaton Crescent in Aspley. In Aspley in Nottingham, yeah. 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 So you were adopted at 10 months old? Yeah. And where were you up until 10 months, if um, you don't mind me asking? In a... I think it was one-to-one foster care. Okay. Um, because obviously the age, you need more support than older foster kids. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe, obviously, somewhere in Ashford area, somewhere okay. in Kent. Mm-hmm. I hadn't realised you'd been given up for adoption. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I hadn't realised that at all. Um, I mean, before we started this interview, hopefully I will have, you know, said a few words about you and why I was speaking to you. Yeah. But I just want to say now, the reason that I'm speaking to Charlotte, one of the main reasons, other than the work she does, is because Charlotte uses a motorised wheelchair. Yeah. Um, and you were um, a thalidomide baby. No. Ah, I'm ah. sorry. I was mistold. <laughs> Who told you that? I won't blame him. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of people think I am. I th- uh, yeah, yeah. The, the limb 
difference is quite similar. Yes. But I'm not old enough. No. Do you, know what? no <laughs> do you know what? I was speaking to somebody yesterday and I was, it was a young person and they kind of knew the, the word thalidomide. Yeah. And I said I was coming to speak to you. Um, and I said, I'm pretty sure it was um, late 60s, early 70s, from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. So no, do you know what? When you came in round here, this corner, I thought, are you old enough? To... <laughs> yeah, I but then know. again, I thought it might be rude to say that to you. Sorry, you... <laughs> I'm just being rude. I'll stop. I'm not... That's a good start. Right, isn't I'm going to shut up and let you, <laughs> let you tell me, sorry. It's all right. No, I'm not. Um, it... What I've got is just look of the draw. Um, from my understanding, it's something to do with a, a gene that's a bit wonky. Okay. Um, and only X amount of hundreds of people carry it. And yeah, I do have biological siblings and they don't have a disability. So, yeah. Right, okay. So it's just one, one of those things. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah. And do you, do you see your siblings? I do. Yeah. I haven't found them. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. Um, <laughs> this might be why Paul told you to talk to me, because I'm not the sort of normal run-of-the-mill person. <laughs> so um, I sadly lost my mum uh, in the uh, middle of 2014. Okay. Um, I felt on my own at that point, yeah. since I had lost other members of my family. Yeah. got a husband, got a daughter, but I felt alone. Always known I, I was adopted, always knew roughly why. Um, so I thought I'd do a quick search and located them within an hour. Did you? Yeah. How wonderful. Uh, rang my biological dad and he said, no, you can't possibly be her, she's dead. Like, I feel pretty alive. No, um, Charlotte, why, why did he think that? Because... That's what he was allegedly told. Is it? Mm. By by whom do you know? He says a, a relative of his who right. isn't here anymore, but who knows? Who knows, yeah. And the advice when I was born was to leave me to die. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> how long did your mum and dad spend with you, do you know? Um, from your birth, Sorry, sorry your birth parents. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I know is I have spoke to both of them. Um, something about a traumatic birth and my biological mum went to one hospital and I stayed where I was. And then my biological dad has to do all the like, decision making and whatever. And when the original decision didn't work, he then had to sign paperwork to say that they could give me treatments and whatever. And then I think it was like a while, I don't know how long, but at least a few weeks before they gave me to my biological mum who couldn't cope. So, yeah. Okay. Look what she missed out on. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, presumably, did she couldn't cope because she didn't have any support? Um, it was a bit of a different time. Yeah, it was. Um, she couldn't cope with the thought of what my life might be like mm. and the difficulties I might face. And yeah, there have been some. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and go, oh, yeah, it was an absolute dream and a fairy tale. Mm. But 
don't know. No, I can I imagine. No, I don't know. I don't no. Know. So, are your siblings older, younger? Younger. Younger. Oh, so you were the oldest, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, oh. I can only think your mum may have regretted that. Possibly. Um, <laughs> my siblings are very like me, which is quite interesting because I didn't, I wasn't overly looking for a relationship, but I just kind of wanted to know, you know, did I have siblings yeah. and what else was out there? Um, and when I spoke to my brother and my sister, they were like, oh, we're going to tell mum at the weekend. And I was like, well, you know, be careful because a bit of a shock. And my brother was like, well, that's her problem. Really? Like, yeah. well, okay, well, I'm not getting involved in this. This is your guys' thing. Just, you know, try and be gentle. Um, did, did they know about you? Weirdly, yeah. Did they? Yeah. So, um, they were told that I died before I got to five. Oh, man. Um, and my brother had tried to find me, but of course, looking in the wrong records, oh. couldn't find me. So you always wanted to find you? Yeah. Oh, he must have been absolutely, to use a footballing <laughs> term, over the moon when, <laughs> when you contacted him, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I so. I bet he couldn't believe it. No, it's it's weird. And I know you said you're similar. Do you, do you look similar? Yeah, we all look alike. Do you? Um, me and my sister have got very similar interests. Um, me and my brother have got very similar sense of humour. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's a brother and a sister, yeah. and you. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm so pleased for <laughs> you, honestly. You must have been so, uh, so chuffed. Yeah. Yeah, and it was nice. I mean, obviously, meeting them was nerve-wracking. But with my siblings, it was so easy. It was like... We already knew each other and it just fell into place. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. And nice for your daughter, I imagine, yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, she doesn't quite get all the dynamics, so she's eight now. I was going to say, how old is she? Yeah. And she understands, you know, she's got an Auntie Louise and Uncle Matthew and she's got a cousin. Yeah. And she's met all of them and she's met her cousin, they get on great. But they live all the way down south and we live right. here and yeah. it's not easy. No. But, no, it's... I should think, having you as a mum, she takes a lot of things in a stride, doesn't she? Because <laughs> you seem Is that to... a compliment? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, I meant it to be, yeah. Uh, she is a miniature version of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can imagine somebody like me walks into the maternity unit and everyone's like... Oh. Mm. like yeah, come on, get mm. over it. Um, but yeah, she she cares, she has compassion, she has empathy, um, she's wanting to understand other people in the world and accept difference and, you know, during lockdown we did a lot of work um, delivering food and emergency supplies and bless her, I've got photos of her handing out stuff and we had 400 Easter eggs to give out and you know, she was like, oh, children, I love this. Oh, yeah. Giving them to kids and Wonderful. whatever. So, yeah. Good way to bring a child up, hey? Fine. I, I believe. <laughs> I think so. But you can't, you know, you say she's got empathy. That's a wonderful thing, especially at eight, mm. eight years old, isn't it? Yeah. To have that. Yeah. Well, surely she'll see uh, prejudice, you know, as well, because of having you as a mum, surely. Yeah. Or, or ju people being judgmental, you know. Yeah, and she's had a few of her friends sort of, say something and, yeah. and she does feel uncomfortable right. 
and she gets really defensive and I'm like, no, chill, mm. you know, talk about it, don't fight, talk mm. and think it through, you know, if something mm. different appeared in front of you, you are going to look, you are going to ask questions, you know, it's what you do with those answers that matter, yeah. so, bless her. And she understands that, you know, to make the world a better place, all we have to do when there's steps is get a ramp. Yeah. Yeah. She shouted that at the pub in Wales. Did she? Yeah. Well done. We what, what's your daughter's name? Genevieve. Genevieve, beautiful mm. name. Well done, Genevieve. Yeah. What did she shout? I don't know how old she was. I think she was about four. And she went in the pub in Wales, did she? We were going past the pub. Right. So we'd been on the, um, the railway like the oldest railway in wherever. Yeah. And I didn't think it would be accessible because like, it's really old, you know, I'm not stupid. Mm. You can't convert things that are really, really old. But I was like, no, we've got a ramp, a bit steep, but you know, and one of the cabins you basically just wheel straight in, the table's there, and she was like, this is amazing. And we went on this trip and then we came back and you don't realise how much kids are taking in. <laughs> and as we're walking back from the station, and we're like, oh, that was lovely, you know, steam train, blah, blah. And then we go past this pub, she's like, Mummy, you can't get in there. Yeah. I'm like, no. And she sits on, not now, she's too big, but she used to sit on the back of my wheelchair. Yeah. So she'd have her feet on the armrest <laughs> and like her knees around my ears almost. And she's like, you can't get in there. I'm like, no. And she's like, all you have to do is go down, get a ramp, tuck it under your arm, bring it back, put it over the steps. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's just walk on. Quickly. She said it she said it to the public. She said it loud enough for everyone to hear. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> that she's got a point. She's got more than a point. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm not gonna disagree with her, no, but exactly. at the same time it was like Let's go. <laughs> I, I, it's not until a lot of the time, it's not until something actually affects people mm. themselves, is it, that their attention yeah. is drawn to it or that they care enough to do something about it. Yeah. You definitely. know, I, I work with somebody with mobility issues at the moment and it opens your eyes. Mm. There's so many things, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Or if you've ever had anybody in a wheelchair, even temporarily, mm. you realise the, the barriers, don't you? Yeah. Really still need breaking down. Yeah, which is one of the reasons this organisation exists. Absolutely, so, yeah. You know, we do work with disabled people, but we work with professionals. We work with um, other organisations that are like, oh, we're fully accessible. Hmm. Okay, a ramp isn't fully accessible. You know, there's other things. Can you can you let somebody who's completely hearing impaired know there's a fire alarm going off and all of that stuff? But also about getting people to use a bit of common sense. It doesn't have to be expensive adjustments or or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can just have a fire marshal. I was going to say that finds said individual. Or, yes. yes. Um, and then you know we do work with the NHS as well, so we right. do disability okay. awareness training and yeah. and the amount of people that are like, oh, I broke my leg once. I know what it's like. Mm, no, no, because you healed and now you're back to how you were, whereas your patients, clients, whatever, are still 
mm-hmm. having their struggles. Yes. And, you know, depending on the personality of the person, how much they can actually persevere with something yeah. will depend on how it affects them. Yeah. You know, imagine if you were a fully grown bloke, rugby player, you know, fit and whatever, and then one day you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. That's going to have a huge effect. And, and that, that happens. It does. A lot more frequently than you would, yeah. you know, So somebody imagine. going, I've broke my leg, I know what it's like. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. Precisely. Do you, do you work with people like that as well, or do you work more for people like that? So if anything awful like that does happen, there's access, you know, things are more accessible for them. We do a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. So um, the services that we've got here are about providing that sort of safety net, the information that you need, you know, and it started, I met a guy who was a big guy, complained of backache, doctor told him, you know, I lose weight, you're a bit big. He kept going back, kept complaining, walked out of the doctors one day and collapsed, and he'd got cancer in the spine, oh, and his yeah. spine just went, nope, can't hold up anymore. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, from there, it's like, I need a new home, I need a wheelchair, I need to know like how I can get a care team that aren't people that are changing all the time, or just youngsters coming mm-hmm. in and you know, not having the understanding of dignity and empathy and not the physical suffering, but the mental suffering that that person was going through. And we do that, we get all of that information. I was going to say, do you deal with all of that? Yeah. Yeah, so they come to you for that help and support. Yeah, and quite often people don't quite know why they're coming to us. You know, they've been given the phone number uh, by the job centre or social work or whatever, and I've got a lady at the moment, she's in her late 80s, she broke her ankle, she's waiting for a hip operation, but she found broke her ankle and she's now trying to get mobile enough so she can have the hip operation, mm-hmm. but she's got to learn how to stand up and, mm-hmm. and there's no um, physios going to the house because of Covid mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, well, have you seen those cushions that she can't afford a whole chair yeah. but there's a cushion that you can put on your seat and as you start to lean forward it will lift up with you and she's like oh that might help me get up more and then now strengthen my arms strengthen my legs and then from there i might be taking a couple of steps and but she know. would have been completely unaware that that thing existed wouldn't she yeah as, as i am yeah yeah it's 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 you incredible. know and it's that it's about Care it's about making a difference, isn't it, to people's yeah. lives? Yeah. yeah, that's what you do, Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, not just me. No, I appreciate. I that. have an amazing you know. team. Yeah, we've got amazing volunteers. Brilliant. Um, not to blow smoke up our own rear ends. But do it. <laughs> um, literally two, three weeks before lockdown, we were rewriting the business model, recruiting for more volunteers for emergency. Yeah boots on the ground. Disabled people are already marginalised in life. Can you imagine when a crisis hits, you know, it's like, yeah, just put them over there, Mm. it'll be fine. Mm. Um, And even now, disabled people are really struggling because there's no advice, there's no guidelines, 
you know, Boris is like, I'm not being political, but Boris is like, everything's been scrapped, mm -hmm. carry on. Mm -hmm. And vulnerable people are like, okay, but if I get it, I'm going to die. Absolutely. So, See where you're coming from. Yeah. 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 But, I've, know, al I've always worn a mask for others mm. without, again, meaning to sound, you no, know, holier yeah, than My than reaction that. to you coming in earlier was very much, I've been near someone who's tested positive. I'm going to go and put a mask on. Bless you, yeah. You know, my glasses yeah. are steaming off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the hazards of glasses. Yeah. yeah. And if you're stupid enough to wear earrings, like, oh, oh yeah, me you know, too. don't do it. No. Um, having already insulted you about your own relationship, <laughs> <laughs> would you mind just um, saying? My physical appearance. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. No, yeah, it's fine. And this is it, isn't it? You know, it's natural to be curious. It's mm. natural to ask questions. Mm. But as adults, we lose that ability. You know, a child will look at something and go, why? Yeah. And that's okay. Mm. And we explain, if we're good people, mm. we explain to the child why. And they're like, oh, okay. My daughter watched, um, everyone's talking about Jamie. Yeah. She didn't want to, because it is a little bit grown up. So before I get bad parent <laughs> alert. It's I, a good show. I did say to her, I just want to show you this little bit, because you're going to love these shoes. Oh. And she was like, that's a boy. Yeah. Why has he got red shoes? Because he wants to. Well, and then she refused to turn it off at that point and it's like, I'm going to watch it now. And, a curiosity. And she gets it. Yeah. It's like, people are different. Yes. So, sorry, diverse. No, 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 you didn't. <laughs> it was brilliant. Um, my physical appearance is, uh, how would I say, just over three foot in height. Um, average adult torso, uh, one arm, which is a bit shorter, um, fused elbow, technically no fingers because they're all encased, but um, I have seen my x-ray, which is so weird. Um, mm. And then legs that, I, I can still walk, I, you know, I'm not just thinking, oh, I'll use a wheelchair, but I can still walk in my own home because mm. how you do it in your own home is up to you. Yes. There's no one watching. Um, so yeah, you know, I do still walk around or stumble or whatever, mm. um, but my ankles are fused and I'm missing the femur, so the, the main top leg bone in both legs. Right. Um, okay. And I've got three toes on each foot, not that you can see that, I've got shoes, but... Yeah. So and yeah. Do, so, and do you suffer any pain? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it quite frequent, is it? Yeah, I mean... Joints being fused is not ideal, mm. um, and because they're fused at certain angles, there's only so much you can do with them. Um, but also, I've been a bit bloody-minded mm. all the way through life, and it was only probably 10 years, maybe a bit longer, that I started using a wheelchair more often. Was it really? Yeah. Um, then having my daughter. Yeah. I mean, all women go through it, but there was additional pressure on what can loosely be called hips and displayed them further yeah. to a point where it's like, okay, I can still walk, but this is a lot harder. 
um, so we can use in a wheelchair more and more. And then after my daughter, I thought, oh, I'll go back to normal. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Did it not make it easier with the baby, though, having the, the wheelchair? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It must have done, yeah, to, just for the ease of getting around. Yeah, it? and, you know, I'd always been on my feet. I'd always been doing whatever. Mm. So even if access was poor, mm. I could still make it upstairs and mm. didn't really bother about it. Um, was at Rock City every weekend and come on. Where are you getting that, Charlotte? <laughs> you know, it's life, isn't it? And Yeah, it you, is. I live for life. You're living your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having having a child and using something that makes mobilising so much easier. Now I'm sure, obviously, because it's your little girl and you're a mum, did, did, has she asked questions? Yeah. Or... But, and are they based on what other people have said to her, do you think, or...? No. no. <laughs> so, when you have children, there's no boundaries, there's no, no privacy ever again. Um, and I was in the shower one day, and bless her, she was like, Mummy, when I'm older, will I lose one arm and get boobs? Oh, did she? And it's like, it really doesn't work like that, sweetheart. You, it's fine. It's not one or the other. Yeah. But it... It's always been part of her understanding. Mm. This is my mum, yeah. and she is this way. Yeah. The same as your mum has whatever colour hair or yes. eyes or yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and even to the point like she started drawing and trying to get the wheelchair in the drawing, and oh, she's like, oh, I didn't know how to do it, so I just put some wheels and. That's the most natural thing in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Children draw, draw their worlds, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah. Whatever world that is. And she can then hopefully appreciate other different families. Yes. You know, whether they've got two parents of the same yeah. gender or, yeah. or whatever. She can understand mm. that. And so. how, how, how did you meet your husband? <laughs> Do you want the whole truth? Or a little I'll bit? have the whole truth. <laughs> Nothing but. I worked at an organisation in Leicester. If you'd like to tell it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not bothered. See, this is what I've always said. I am an open book mm -hmm. if someone asks the right question. Right. Like, I don't just randomly go on about stuff. It, no. It yeah. has to be asked. And, um, in Leicester. Went for a job interview in Leicester. Yeah. Got the job. Um, and then was told, induction... Um, on this particular date and whatever. And I remember getting there and I was a bit stressed because I was running a little bit late and, and it was hot. Um, and I, I went into this room and there was a couple of other people in there, one of whom I knew was chief exec, um, but I didn't know who these other people were. And one of those kind of things where you're just like, oh, and you're all flustered. And, mm. and I was like, oh, can I open the windows? I'm really warm. And, and then I sat down, looked across the table and went, hmm. He's a bit of alright. <laughs> and it turns out that, you know, we got on quite well with similar interests and whatever. But he was with someone else, so it was like, okay, fine. And then after a while it was like, yeah, this is a little bit more of a friendship. And they split and So you began working with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I still work with him. <laughs> uh, does he work here with you? Yeah. Oh wonderful. Yeah. That really is wonderful, isn't it? When we were in Derby, and I was working for the organisation in Derby, yeah. um, I thought my CEO at the time 
sent me out to Nottingham as a punishment because I am really forthright, I am a bit gobby. Um, and I thought, right, okay, he sent me to Nottingham to set up stuff just out of the way. And uh, we we basically set up the organisation as a satellite office and then um, it took off, it did really well. So the first year was laying foundations, second year was getting the funding in. Yeah. And we one of our welfare rights officers had just left. Um, and I was sat there with one of my managers and they were like, oh, what about Joe? And I sat there for ages, like, who's Joe? And I went through all the volunteers that I knew, you know, all the people that like we'd cross paths with in other organisations, no, no, no. And I'm like, who's Joe? And my manager genuinely sat there and went, the man you're married to? <laughs> oh yeah. And it was, you know, for all of its faults and whatever, and whatever you thought about your manager or whatever, we did have quite a family feel. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if someone's being made redundant, how can we help? And yeah. there was a job opening. So they asked him if he wanted it and he got it. And Excellent. When I set up this organisation, I inherited all the staff mm-hmm. from previous, so, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. I want to go back to your your mum that um, adopted you at 10 months old, Charlotte. Obviously, I'm sorry you lost her. When was it? 2014. Uh, yeah. yeah. I bet it seems like yesterday, doesn't it? Sometimes, yeah. Um, a friend of mine has lost his mum recently. And I said to him, you know, I was really sorry for his loss. And, but losing your mum is something that is really personal to that individual. Yes. And it's like no other grief. I that, absolutely go along with that, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter whether you had a good relationship mm. or a bad relationship. Mm. You know, that that's weird. Mm. Um. My mum was born and bred in Nottingham. Um, all of her family are from Nottingham. Um, somewhere in the bloodline, we're related, we think, to the Mellors Fairground people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Excellent. Because it's come up in... My aunt did a family tree. And yeah. It came up and we're really? like, oh, cool. Um, she was born with a condition called spina bifida. Which, you know? yeah, uh-huh. um, she was born, when was she born? 1943. So she was born in 1943. The welfare state didn't even exist until like 1945, 46. So, you know, you can imagine somebody handing my grandma a disabled child. It's like, God. Um, life was hard for her, I'm not going to lie. Um, but she did the best she could with what she'd got. She walked, and none of us are really sure how. She was genuinely paralysed from the waist down. You know, it was great fun when you were a kid, poking her in the leg, going, can you feel this? No. What about this? No. Like, come on, back it in now, <laughs> this isn't funny. Um, but yeah, you know, she did walk. Did she use sticks or anything? Yeah, I've got photos of her though when she didn't. Right. Um, 
and I was told she used to dye her own hair with a toothbrush every Sunday night and oh. she looked pretty glam yeah. um, and she tried really hard and yeah. you know she <laughs> quite an exceptional woman by yeah by the sounds of it you know yeah um she had issues I'm not gonna lie my grandma clearly was way too tough on her yeah. um no allowances for her disability whatsoever potentially favoured my uncle over my mum um but there's stuff that comes out that you know she accused my uncle of my mum's disability because he was late getting the midwife and it's like no no that would be cerebral palsy not spine bifida mm. and come on mm. but it, it was a very very different time um she was quite a force to be reckoned with yeah um but then that relationship changes as you get older i mean i was not an easy teenager she must have thought christ what the hell have i done and was it just you and your mum growing up me my mum i did have a dad uh, and a brother right that they also adopted they adopted yeah your brother yeah they adopted him when he was seven right. again from down london i don't know why okay. was that before or after you uh, it was before me right so he was there already? Yeah. So he had a ready-made little family? Yeah. Do you, do you see your brother still? No. No? No, he died in... Oh, sorry. 2011. Okay, well... Sudden. Um, and that's something that never gets much easier or, yeah. or comfortable. So you had a, a, a... Did you have a good relationship with him? Yeah, I mean, a typical sibling relationship. Yeah. He also had a disability. Right. Um, he also had spine bifida. Right. And he also had hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain when yeah. you're little. And so your mum, I'm sure to... she gave a home. <laughs> I know, but I used to beat my brother up when I was little, because <laughs> that's what siblings do. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why my mum used to get like really angry with me yeah. and like slap me quite hard and then stop hitting your brother in the head. And it turns out he had a glass tube down his skull and his neck and there's me just wailing into really? him. Yeah. But like you do, as siblings do. Yeah. As well, brothers and sisters do. Yeah. Right. But then she always wanted she always wanted the best for us. Yeah. Um Mark, my brother, he had a lot of other issues and okay. associated learning disability. That, yeah. But he did pretty well, all things considering. Good. Um, and then for me, my mum, bless her, fought to get me in mainstream school, mm. which worked. Um, I mean, even from day one, she was like, I'm going to get a walk-in. Mm. And everyone said, no, that won't work. The doctors were like, no, I don't think so. And she's like, no. I'm gonna get her on her feet. Did you? And she did. Yeah. So it's quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. And so she took her own sort of disability, you know, and in the face of adversity, she made sure you and your brother had a home. Yeah. Were recognised as human beings and lives and entitled to everything everybody else, you know, was entitled to. Yeah. That's quite a remarkable woman, isn't it, Charlotte? Yeah. No wonder you miss her. Yeah. Probably yeah. didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. No. Done. No. You know. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think we can all sort of look back sometimes, can't we? Yeah. Have regrets and not appreciate things at the time, can't we? Yeah. About our parents, perhaps. Yeah. And there, there was things that, you know, 
she came from an era where you didn't really express your emotions yeah. too much. And mm. I remember like having Genevieve, she was with me all the way through. Wasn't an easy labour. Um, but you know, she was there from start to finish and you, yeah, should have appreciated that a little bit more, but mm -hmm. you know, she was one of the first people to hold her. Yeah. And I remember when when she found out I was pregnant, I'm like, don't tell anyone, you know. And then it's like, oh well I just told so and so <laughs> and then I just I was like, seriously? Half of Nottingham knew. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> I literally said, don't tell anyone. And then there was things like, she's just looked at me and she's like, I've never held a newborn. Oh, I was like, well, neither have I. Oh. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she came out with like weird comments like, oh, now you're a mum, do you, do you want to find your real mum? I'm like, no, you are. You know, the person that gave birth to me is not my mum. So, yeah, that was very changing times yes that must have meant everything to her, you know whether mm -hmm. she whether she expressed that or not yeah that must have meant yeah meant definitely yeah. Um, and then obviously when she was dying she wasn't ready to go i don't think anybody is but i remember saying you know i got plans i was going to take genevieve to school and and you think yeah and she was robbed of that and and genevieve's robbed of that mm -hmm. you know yeah. and, it is what it is, we can't change it, no, but no. it stings a bit. Yes, exactly. You can just go on, I feel you go on living in their memory a lot, mm. don't you, you know? Um, remembering them every day in that way. Yeah, and then weird things catch you off guard. Yeah, they do, yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How how was school for you? <laughs> When you're young, I don't think anybody really cares. Like, there's the initial, whoa, hello, who are you? But that could be for any kid, you know, whether they were black or... Anybody's black, like, any difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was fine. And then I went to a different school because we lived in the wrong catchment area. And that wasn't so fine. Um, it's quite interesting how you know, you're suddenly aware of how people are brought up differently and the bullying was horrendous and and how teachers don't really want to delve into it too much and, mm. you know, oh no, it was an accident, miss. Mm. No, it bloody wasn't. Mm. Um, that was horrific. It, you know, people are like, oh, I go back to my childhood. Mm. No. No, I'll leave that in it's the past. It's staggering, it is. isn't it, to, for, to think that young kids, I mean, kids are horrible, they can be really horrible at school, but would bully somebody like you. Did Did you use a wheelchair at school? No, I walked. And and you still were bullied? Yeah. Oh, good grief. Yes. So, no, not great memories, eh? No. Um, and it wasn't, and after a while it's like, I don't want to be here, no. I don't want to. You know, I'm not bothered. Mm. And so, what was your first job? Did you did you leave school at sixteen? I well, I went to college. Did you? Um, which was brilliant. I didn't did you learn like anything new? <laughs> but I went into a form room of thirty plus sixteen year olds who weren't bullying each other, mm. and they were from all different backgrounds, 
and you know everybody was like different height and size and whatever mm-hmm. and I remember just sort of sitting down at an empty table keeping myself to myself and then all these other people come and sit down and that was it you know, there was about 30 of us. Did you start talking? Did they all, you all just started yeah. talking with each other? What, what did you study at college? Uh, I studied health and social care, right. psychology, uh, and attempted to redo my maths. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're either maths or you're not. Yeah. I'm with you though. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> so it's no, I'm not. <laughs> so you, you enjoyed college? Yeah. Which college was that? Loughborough. Ah, lovely. Yeah. And then did you go on to get any work experience or opportunities after that? I thought I wanted to be a journalist mm-hmm. um, and did sort of work experience at Loughborough Co, but maybe that But well, you realised you could do something far more I don't important know at that time. I don't contribute think I to the world in a better way. I'd like to say that, but I don't think I knew. I don't think I had a clue. Right. Um, you know, you, you did what you did at 16, 17. Yeah. Um, I, if anybody said to me, oh, what are you going to be in five years' time? Mm-hmm. And that was it. No, I mean, yeah. I went and did some classroom assistant uh, work at a school that was in Long Eaton, it's not there now, um, with a family friend mm. who is now a trustee at this organisation. Brilliant. Small world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she was a family friend. My brother had stayed in the special school when I'd moved into mainstream because um, it was a bit better fit for him. But I thought, right, I need to go back. Because I, this is a horrible thing to have to admit, but because I'd spent my entire life with non-disabled children being bullied because I was disabled, I had a real issue. Like, I didn't want to be associated with anyone with a disability. I didn't want to even say that I had a disability, and I was scared. I was genuinely scared, especially of children that were non-verbal or or did weird things or or whatever. Mm. You know, and in mainstream, every so often, once a year, they'd wheel in all these children in wheelchairs that did weird things mm. for like an hour and then wheeled them back out again. We've not learned anything. No. All we've done is gone, hmm, that's a bit weird. So I was terrified. Were you? And the only way to overcome a fear, really, is to face it. So I went to this school with a family friend. I was going to work under her. And I remember walking in the door thinking, I can't do this. I might have been thinking something slightly stronger. <laughs> but I was like, I can't do this. I just can't do it. And then the headmaster had been there all that time, recognised me as I went in, and was like, oh, hi, and, you know, next thing I know, I'm on a tour, and, and I'm in the classroom, so I couldn't stop. And then it's like, oh, actually, these children are human. Mm-hmm. You know, they might do random things, and they might scream, or they might not give you eye contact, but they're human. Mm-hmm. They're nothing to be feared. You know, and looking back, 17, 18 years old, I am a little bit ashamed to admit that I was like that. I don't think there's any shame in that. It's, it really interests me, actually, that you're firstly honest enough to say that. And secondly, that you say, do, do you, 
Did you say you didn't want to be associated with people yeah. like that on a... Yeah, I hate That's it. an incredibly courageous thing to say, and I can completely understand that. We've got a joke. It's the most normal thing in the world, 1780. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, nobody quite knows where they are at that yeah. age anyway. Um, but, like, disabled people have often got a joke. So, like, oh, I've got a mate who's in a wheelchair. Do you know him? Like, because I'm going to know everybody in a wheelchair. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but it's Nobody the way you're telling. It's the way you tell them, Charlotte. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then every so often, you will genuinely know that person, so you accidentally <laughs> prove the theory. And I remember doing some work down in London for a, a, basically an associate of ours, and I went up to people in wheelchairs and went, "There's a rumor that all people in wheelchairs know each other. So if I introduce myself." then that room is true. <laughs> and they were like, weirdo. Um, but yeah, you know. The ignorance is just palpable, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes it really is. But I remember my mum saying that she was on holiday somewhere, she'd started to use wheelchair more for distance. And, you know, we all get older, we all get fatigued and whatever. And she was sat there having a lovely cup of tea and uh, she saw a bunch of people waiting mm. And then she saw the bus pull up and they open up the back and put the ramps down and they're wheeling all these people into the bus. And she said, I felt somebody grab the back of the handles of my wheelchair and then go, are you ready? And start to pull her. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? Mm. You know, just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean. Mm. And it's that. I'm saying the ignorance, you know, it's, the, it's a bit harsh, but there is an ignorance. But yeah. even some people mean well sometimes, mm. don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and just a forgetful yeah. and naive, is that a kind of way of putting yeah. it? Yeah, and some stuff you can kind of just go, mm, yeah. Mm. But some stuff I get really, really wound up over. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I had somebody ask a colleague of mine, uh, we were doing an event, and I got my little girl when she was only little and they went up to my colleague and said, oh, would your daughter like to do some craft? And it's like, okay, you've got two women here. Do you remember how they reacted when they found out? Do you, do you I like... think they wanted the ground to swallow them yeah, up because I yeah. probably didn't sugarcoat it. Yeah. I, I probably was very pointed. I'm but... sure it's only with age, actually. I, that would be something I would not do. I would, if you mm. were there with a little girl, Perhaps when I was younger, I don't know, but now I would, you know, say, who are you with? Or who's with this little girl? Or who's, who's your mum? Yeah. Or who's beautiful daughter? I don't know. Uh, but um, I would hope age and life experience has taught me that. Yeah. Um, and I also want to ask you, Charlotte, who did you see at Rock City? Oh my God. Um, one of the first bands I went to see was a band called Cold Chamber. Hardcore, oh, never heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, go on. Um, you felt cool. We were oh, right. So oh, this is where my mum was really was. good. My mum was amazing on this kind of stuff. She's very, very strict. Really, like, really strict on manners and rules and timekeeping and whatever. <laughs> but, you know, mum, I want to go to a gig. All right, fine. You should be 18, but I'll pick you up straight after so you can't get into trouble. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> so we went to see Cold Chamber. Um, and I also went to the last Monsters of Rock at Donington. Did you? When I was 16, yeah. Oh, brilliant. And that was, that was tough going. So some of the work that we've been associated in 
is through something called the access card. So an ex-manager of mine, who I've known for years, get on really well, um, designed something called an access card because to prove your disability, even mine, which is quite obvious, you used to have to like hand over your DLA letter or your doctor's letter or whatever. And this card is basically like a single registration um, and then you get a card and it's got symbols on the bottom so plus one means you need a carer with you or, right. or whatever mm -hmm. ramp access um, even stuff like braille hearing impaired needs to bring a dog um, but then also if you've got toileting issues so you know bowel cancer or Crohn's you need access to a toilet urgently mm -hmm. there's even that on there right. but it's discreet so if it fell out of your pocket, somebody would pick it up, and yeah, it's got your name and photo on it. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what those symbols okay. mean. Um, and it is a cracking idea. I, I really do yeah. endorse it. Yeah. And some of the work that we started is basically like closer to home. So when we go to these gigs, let's start on these. Monsters of Rock had a viewing platform miles back in the field, and there was about seven, eight people on it. You know, and I was covered in mud because it started raining, and I was knackered. My legs were not working at the end of that. Mm -hmm. But you don't think about it. You know, there was no accessible toilet. It was the same as everybody else's, and oh you know, you got on with it because mm -hmm. that's all there was. Mm -hmm. Now you go to Donington, you have a three-tier viewing platform. You have multiple accessible wheelchair-accessible toilets. There's, I mean, disabled camping is cracking mm -hmm. to the point that you've got electric hookup. So if you need oxygen or a hospital bed for whoever, it's all there. Really? People yeah. will help you. So it should be, but well, yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, it's a festival. It's yeah, not yeah. a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's people there to help you put your tent up or yeah. help you pack down or, you know, when your really, yeah. PA's really, really drunk and throwing the guts <laughs> up in the head. Somebody's like, okay, do you need something? Yeah. Can we help you until they've sobered up? You know, and it's incredible. I don't know where you Sign language that, that interpreters. Oh, brilliant. Have you ever seen sign language interpreters at gigs? No, at theatre. They deserve a bloody gigs. medal. Yeah, I bet, oh, I bet they do gigs, yeah. 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 They're amazing at theatre, so. Yeah. But I, I've seen one on a video, she was at a rap concert <laughs> and, and she was signing away and she was dancing as well and to the point that the guy who's rapping, he, he keeps looking at her and I he's bet. like, she's incredible <laughs> and he goes and stands next to her and he's oh. like, he's rapping to her, not the audience. I bet, yeah. So yeah, you can imagine some of the, some of the bands that come on That's and they've got to know everything. That's really simple, yeah. isn't it? Pretty damn good. Yeah. And do you, what do you say? I don't know what I'd say to this question, but would you say you had a role model throughout your life? Other than my mum, no. Other than your mum, no. There was no one on TV. So it was your mum? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know it then, not at all. You know, she was too strict, mm. too too quick with giving you a slap with something. Mm. Um, you know, and something to be rebelled against because that's what you do as a child. What you, was your mum's name? Christine. Christine. Yeah. yeah, you know, but she does yeah. sound a formidable woman. She really does. She was, mm. and it's not until I 
meet other disabled people that are a similar age and they didn't go to mainstream school, yeah, fine, I've got some lumps knocked out of me and scars to prove it, but I survived, you know, and I can build on that and I can go into schools now and go, hey, this isn't how you do it anymore. And I can use my experiences for something else. But I met someone, I won't give you their name, but I met a woman who is not quite a year younger than me. And while I was at mainstream school, she was at a special school. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with her mentally. Physically, she's got some difficulties, limb difference. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's a little bit younger than me. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. Mm. And looking at her experiences, looking at, you know, she was saying it wasn't until she was 11 that they actually thought about teaching disabled children up to GCSE level. Mm. So what chance did she have? I mean, she's carved her own way. Passion, she's yeah. had to. Yeah. But not everybody's got the same determination as she had. Mm, that's right. So, you know, you see other adults of similar age mm. and you see certain school names and colleges pop up and you're like, yeah, mm. you know, and you can't really blame people for them going, well, they've got no experience. Mm. Well, no, they haven't because you've not let them have any. Mm. You've mm. not wedged the door open for them a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, not saying give them a handout, but get them on the right path at yeah, least. Absolutely. And, and it. I understand now why you, this is called disability aware. Yeah. Because that's all people need to be, isn't it? Yeah. I don't mean all. But it's a start, isn't it? But it is, and you know, I sit and talk to my daughter about everything, and I am honest. Mm. Um, I can't, I can't stand people that lie or sugarcoat something, mm. or you know, whatever. And she came home from school one day, and she was like, "Mummy, did you know that we used to keep slaves?" And I was like, "Yeah, not the best part of our history. Not us personally. We didn't." Um, but, you know, she's like, why? And I was like, because we had this stupid belief that people with a different skin colour were less worthy than white people. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I totally disagree. I think it's ridiculous. But we need to learn from that so we don't do it again. Mm. And she's like, oh, okay. And it's, it's that conversation. It is. And awareness. And your, but your answer, I don't know why. It's the most natural thing in the world for a, a child who's been brought up without any form of, you know, prejudice or racism, sexism, whatever it is, being judgmental, really. It's the most natural thing in the world for a child to say, why? Because yeah. they can't get their little heads around it, no. can they? You know, so and it's your okay answer, to I don't say, know. It is okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's okay to say, I think I got that wrong. Mm. But can you can you teach me? Can you show me? Yeah. Can yeah. you educate me? Mm. You know? I'm pretty sure Genevieve's got quite quite good things ahead of her. Can <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I just ask what, what do you do? Do you get much spare time? Social time and holidays? <laughs> I no, not overly at the moment. Not at the moment, no. And obviously COVID. Mm. Where, where would you go if you could with with your family? If you 
to go on holiday? Or, uh, or where's the last holiday you had? Yeah, so the last one we probably had, um, we went to North Wales. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but my mum decided to leave Nottingham and go and live in North Wales. Oh, wow. No family or anything up there. Right. Um, and they lived on a farm, um, rented the farmhouse and, and lived there. And she had like little odd jobs. I mean, women didn't overly work that much anyway, so especially not disabled women. Mm -hmm. But she wanted some sofa, three-piece suite. And my dad said, well, you have to earn the money. Mm -hmm. So she went to the farmer and he said, I can put a stall on the, on the trailer, on the back of the tractor. So as the tractor pulls up all the potatoes, you can sort through them with the other women. Really? And the other women were stood round and... And she was sat on a stool, they bolted it down for her, Fine. so she didn't have to stand. And, you know, so going back to North Wales, I spent four years there um, when they first got me. Yeah. And it, it's, it's peaceful, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, this is quite a chaotic life. My daughter's like me, she's loud and, and energetic. <laughs> I went through a phase of rescuing dogs because why not? Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my first dog, when I left home and got a house, like we rented for a bit and then me and my husband bought the house. And the, I was like, right, I can have a dog now. Yeah. And I went to the kennels and you, you look at all the dogs and you get drawn to one. Yes. And I know. He was a brindle staffy. And he pushed his nose so hard against the wire mesh on the cage, he took a layer of skin off the top. And I was like, oh, that one? Yeah. And nobody knew his background, he was found as a stray, and, but he was amazing. Was he? Um, what, what was his name? Finn. Finn? Finn, the Finn. Fella. yeah. Lovely. And he was absolutely incredible. And an ambassador for Staffies. Oh, you know. Well, no, you got a good home. A great believer in rescue staffies, pets. Staffies get dreadful if they, reputation. If they, yeah, they do actually. Yeah, people are, are very wary of them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So Wales, always nice memories for you. Yeah. Um, I would love to take my daughter to Disneyland. Oh yes. Because I think she's at an age where she'd enjoy it. Yes. It wouldn't be such a long day that she'd sleep through half no. of it. And she's a lovely age yeah. for that, you're right. Yeah. And the magic's still there for her, yeah. yeah. You know, it's only a few more years before yes. that magic exactly. starts to yeah. fade. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm naturally curious, so mm -hmm. if things were physically doable, I'd, mm. I'd love to go to Egypt and lovely. check out pyramids and stuff. Yeah. But well, fingers crossed we'll be able to do all those things. Eh? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Do you cook by any chance? I do. Do you? I do. Oh, I do with my people who cook. Do you like, do you like cooking? I do, I absolutely love it. Yeah. But I'm one of those kind of people that can glance at a recipe and then start to make up my own version um, of it. Yeah. I don't want to hear that because I'm not Sorry. a cook. <laughs> I, can I can look, stare intensely at a recipe. And still, it really doesn't turn out that well. So yeah, I'm very envious but of you that. you keep trying. Yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of baking, but, um, oh, Charlotte, no, cooking, no. So you like your cooking. Have you, got a, have you got a favourite one or a couple of ones that you do frequently? No, so... Or are you just a naturally good cook? I don't know if I'm naturally good. Um, 
probably a little bit overconfident and just <laughs> oh, crack on with it. Crack on. Um, my mum was allergic to tomatoes. So when you look at a lot of recipes, they've got tomato in it. Yeah. So having to find alternatives right. was yeah. always a thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I, I'm very keen on my daughter being in the kitchen and mm -hmm. doing and learning. Yeah. I mean, the result is always, ooh, I don't want to eat that. Mm, okay, <laughs> fine. But you've looked, you've learned, you've tried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 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 That's I a like... nice thing as well. Yeah, that's a lovely thing. Yeah. Charlotte, it's been an absolute, honestly, a pleasure and a privilege to speak to you. Thank you for giving up your time today. Thank you. I'm glad I was I, uh, uh, volunteered. You're as uh, formidable as your mum, and I think there's plenty, plenty more things, good things ahead of you. You seem to be doing a really good thing here, um, at your work here. And I hope you uh, get to Disneyland. Yeah. I think I'd still quite like it. I think you would. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank Thanks. you. Quite a woman, eh? And despite a couple of shameful howlers on my part, which I just have to share, I'm afraid, firstly referring to Charlotte as a thalidomide baby, this was due to a misunderstanding, not an assumption, as I did tell Charlotte afterwards, who graciously accepted my apology, and secondly, getting the name of her charity wrong. Disability aware, I called it. Oh, the irony. Apart from those things, I think that was a truly wonderful story. No words are adequate to express my respect and admiration for you, Charlotte. So thank you again for being so gracious and for continuing to champion the rights of disabled people. If you enjoyed this, please listen in next week for another extraordinary story by an extraordinary person. <laughs>